tonight on a very special Cyburns and Cigarettes. An old friend returns, a guest speaker appears, and Nazis lose. <laughs> Nothing. I have no idea how this is about to go because, as I said, I wrote no notes. So it's, it's we're, just, we're just gonna we're just gonna fucking wing it. Let's go. I, Let's I just go. I just thought of something. I looked up and I saw uh, Lupin talking about how he feels like he's touched it before, and I w- almost said that I want to be. <laughs> okay, Jay, you just talk about your thing. <laughs> Uh, talk Listen. about your talk about your view and not about touching things. Everyone's like, "Oh man, that's sweet!" Like he has like some connection. Jay's like, "What I wouldn't give to be that guy." <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Please touch me. <laughs> Just one little touch. <laughs> God, I'm tempted to make this like the opening. You know what? Do it. Just do it. All right, well, then in that case, welcome to Cyburns and Cigarettes, a Lupin the Third podcast. A podcast about a monkey faced thief, his friends, and their many adventures. Uh, yeah, I'm Jay the Third, the first, the movie. <laughs> Don't mind me shattering it over here. <laughs> I'm Emma. I'm the guest, and I am Mom's butter cookies because shortbreads are the best. I'm the cup noodle product placement, Chris. And I'm Drew, the star that fell on somebody, but don't tell Jigan that because you'll confuse him. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you can tell, today we are joined by special guest Emma. Hi. <laughs> so for every guest, we have we have just one standard question. How did you get into Lupin? Oh boy! So <laughs> I saw it air. I think in two thousand three. I was in my game room, and I was living in Oklahoma at the time, so I moved around all over the place. And I saw it in my game room because I know like Brack. And Space Ghosts were airing around the same time. And that was like my first exposure to it. But I really, really think of anything of it. And then I saw the trailer for part four um, with my ex-husband in our house. And I was like, that show's been around for forever. Oh, my God. And uh, for some reason, I was like, you know, I'm I'm just going to tune in and watch it. So I did. And... I decided to join some discords. I think it was Lupin the Third Gang. Um, and that's how I met Jay and Drew and Chris and a number of other people. And it's just kind of become a part of me ever since. It got me through my divorce, as I mentioned, my husband. 
and and it also got me through my job loss uh watching part two and part four it got me through a lot and it became a part like i said a part of me and i became very involved in like cosplay with the series fujiko basically became my brand in terms of cosplay and it just was so important to me and it brought back so much of my creativity like I stopped drawing, stopped writing, stopped reading for a very long time from when I was a teenager. But when the series came back in my life, I found that I was doing all of those things all over again. So that's kind of how I got back into the series. And just even if it was something I saw when I was like 11 years old, it became a big part of my life when I was 25, 26 years old. And it's still a big part of me. The gravitational pull of Lupin. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> that show can get a grip on anyone and just hold it, them there. It really does. And like my ex and I, we used to watch it even when I was losing my job. We watched part two frequently. And I remember he would see the opening and he would see that scene where like Jigen shoots down the helicopter and he's just like he just destroyed a fucking helicopter <laughs> so, With yeah, one shot. and like we we both enjoyed it but like it just became a huge part of like my identity so that's relatable yeah oh yeah <laughs> it's a show so powerful it can pull a bunch of goobers together to talk about it on the internet I know, yeah. and it, it it got to me some of the best friends and best relationships that I've had in my life. So, Aww. I am very grateful. We're grateful for your existence. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that, Barra. <laughs> no, keep it in. Keep it in. Keep it. <laughs> keep it in. That's put sheet number one. I'm also keeping that in. Yes! <laughs> I, I, That's what I've he said. Also, I've, also <laughs> created, I've also created multiple characters because of the series. So it's just, I don't know. It's just like it, it sparked all of my creativity. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way too. So Oh, definitely. Without a doubt. Yeah. I, I can relate heavily to that. Like, not to put this on me for a second, but... Lupin basically gave me, I don't know, life in my art. Right. It gave, it gave me my life back because when yeah. I was drawing and writing as a teenager, I stopped doing that because, uh, like, school was a thing. Like, yeah. I read not, I've read nonfiction for most of my life and I continue to do so. But, like, just this past summer and the past couple of years, I've started reading fiction again. And, like, just being creative, that side of myself, getting into art with, like, my sketchbook and my digital art. And I don't know if that would have been the case if I had gotten to any other series other than Lupin. Right. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny we keep talking about this franchise pulling people in as well as the gravitational pull. Because we're going to be talking about Black Hole Generator soon. Yes, this is true. Yes, ah, right. What a right. segue! <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> this is where the air horns come in.
So yes, today we're here to talk about Lupin the Third, the first, the first theatrical Lupin movie, and oh my God, what was it? Twenty three years, something oh my like God. that. I think well, since Dead or Alive. Yeah, I was well, like, what's a Dead or Alive? That was the last one. Well, there were also uh, the Lupin the the Third Art movies. Oh, oh yeah, this Chris, is true. get out here. That's how they're written, all right. <laughs> Lupin the the er, er, er. Lupin the, the, the three third the three third <laughs> but also the uh, second Detective Conan crossover was theatrical as well so oh this that's is true. true so I guess this is more the the first mainline theatrical film in twenty three years there you go so I got the uh, a brief synopsis here for the film and it is. The iconic gentleman thief, Lupin III, returns in an action-packed, continent-spanning adventure as Lupin III and his colorful underworld companions race to uncover the secrets of a mysterious Bresson diary before it falls into the hands of a dark cabal that will stop at nothing to resurrect the Third Reich. Oh my god, that's a sentence. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) There's more! But wait, there's more! (laughs) The gang undertakes trap-filled tombs, aerial escapades, and a daring and daring prison escapes with the trademark wit and visual finesse that have made Lupin the Third one of the most storied animation franchises in the world, and a thrilling new caper that is sure to delight fans old and new. That's a really good synopsis, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is when I think about it. Where did you pull right, that so from? That is from the G Kids website. Oh, ah, okay. website, indeed. Okay. So this is written and directed by Takashi Yamazaki. Uh, he works. It's kind of. He started out working in live action films and kind of transitioned slowly to exclusively working on CGI films. Because mm. he made a film called Juvenile, the Always Sunset on Third Street trilogy. He did the live action space battleship Yamato movie, which is actually really good. Yes, it is. The, yes. <laughs> then he did the uh, the CGI Stand By Me Doraemon movie. He did the live action adaptation of Parasite parts one and two. And uh, before Lupin the Third, the first, he did the Dragon Quest Your Story film. So he's got quite a career. Yes, and he really does. And I know a lot of people were really worried about this movie because mm-hmm. of the reputation Dragon Quest had. For a while there, I remember that happening, and I like I think my stance at the time was like, well, like the difference between Lupin and Dragon Story is like Dragon Story has like video game and like, like a really established lore that like if you kind of mess with it, the fans are going to be kind of upset. Whereas Lupin, you can kind of do whatever you want to, right? So this, at the time, I mean, we were like, guys, you know, chill. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, but they never did. <laughs> nope. <laughs> And I think uh, most recently, um, uh, I think last year, the sequel to Stand By Me Doraemon came out, which is awesome, but also has me concerned because the first Stand By Me, Stand By Me Doraemon was in 2014. And then the sequel came out in 2020, which makes me concerned for the sequel of the first. Right. I don't want to wait till 2025. Yeah. So I mean, that's six years, my friend. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, think about what Lupin said at the end of the movie to Letitia. I'll see you in five years. <gasps> you literally said that. Ooh. I don't want to wait. <laughs> 
Well, at least it's not Twin Peaks where at the end they said, I'll see you again in 25 years. Oh, God. They come back 25 years later. It was literally oh. 25 years. And That's like funny. I I know literally know somebody personally that acts in Twin Peaks. So it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, they weren't kidding about 25 years. All right. Oh, <laughs> so the, uh, the cast for this film is the uh, standard uh, – Japanese cast, you know, you got Kenichi Kurita, Kiyoshi Kobayashi, Ma, uh, um, <coughs> Daisuke Namikawa, Miyuki Sawashiro, and Koichi Yamadera. And on the English side, we've got uh, the old favorites, Tony Oliver, Richard Epcar, Michelle Ruff, Lex Lang, and Doug Erholtz. Can, can, we, can we hear it for them, though? They did such a great job, considering yes. all of the bull crap that's been going on this year and so they really did a fantastic job with what they were given yes, i they think did. they oh, knocked oh. it out of the park yeah and for the uh, the new characters we have leticia who was voiced uh in a uh, japanese it was uh suzu hurose and the english language voice actress was Lori himes lambert was voiced by kotaro yoshida and david brimmer and Gerard was voiced by Tatsuya Fujiwara and Paul Guye, I think. It's G-U-Y-E-T. Paul, please don't find me and kill me. <laughs> please, I'm sorry. Please, please don't sue. <laughs> and honestly, oh, I remember when the trailer for this thing came out. Because not long before that, it came not at a weird time. But like the first word of it came... From Kiyoshi Kobayashi when he mentioned it at Monkey Punch's funeral. Oh yeah. Offhand, mm-hmm. where he said there was, I, th- I think he mentioned there was like how he like wanted to keep voicing the character for as long as he could, and that he had recently worked on a computer animated film. And I remember perking That's up and, right. be- and being like, "What? Excuse me. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Kobayashi. Could you repeat that last part?" <laughs> and then not long after, the trailer dropped, and now here we are. So y'all. This movie makes me so happy. Same. Uh yeah. particularly because they 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 we if we look back to when they first introduced a possibility of a CGI Lupin anything with that little thing that you see in what was it? Uh the, the uh, master, master file. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So if if you if you look back on that and you see what what they what it looked like back then. I mean, it looked phenomenal then too. Yep. And they just took that and amplified it times a thousand and made it look incredible. Yes. Yeah, I was. I really do like all the uh, character designs, and uh, you know the animation, especially. Like, there's one bit that sticks out in my mind at near the beginning when Lupin gets caught in the net. Oh yeah. It's it's like <laughs> his, it's like his facial expression and how sudden it is. It, it gets me every time. Oh, me it's too. Hilarious. Uh, yes, and and the fact that like um um on the um uh, the bonus features of the Blu-ray, they interview Takashi Yamazaki, and he mentions that like he specifically did not want to go with like the standard like motion capture for the CGI because he really wanted to like fully capture the two D nature of the characters, so they animated it all by hand. Right. Oh my god. That's and why it and, shows. And, and, Exactly, because like he said, he knew it was going to take longer to make, but it was worth it to to truly capture the spirit. Oh, without a doubt, and they they exceeded that expectation, you know. You know, I rewatched the movie last night, and I wouldn't say I laughed out loud more than I did when I saw it in the theater last fall. 
Mm-hmm. Like this is a really funny movie. It is. It is. You know, you know, both because of the uh, slapstick and because of the uh, writing, at least in the dub. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me show my notes here real quick. Okay, I don't have anything in my notes about the writing. Um, <laughs> Chris actually took notes as opposed to me and Dory. The responsible one. <laughs> well, uh, there was one line I really liked when uh, Lupin and Letitia are in the uh, crates. And Letitia says that it's a tradition in her family to name all the girls Letitia. And then we have Lupin the Third saying, that seems like a really lazy way of doing things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bitch, what are you talking about? <laughs> right? I even called that out in the theaters when that happened. I was like, nah, you really didn't just say that. <laughs> so my review of like the movie, because I actually, well, first of all, like all of us, we probably watched the um, subversion Except for Chris. I know Chris actually waited until the dub was... Chris was a good boy. (laughs) I couldn't wait that long. I watched the movie without subs first, and then with subs, and then with dub. I went through the whole... True subs, and then, like, watch it with dub in October when they did, like, a limited release. And so in Michigan... Where I live, they were only doing a couple of limited releases on the east side in, like, Livonia, which that's about two, two and a half hours from where I'm from now. And I was trying to figure out, like, A, one that can be safe enough for me to go, like, just trying to research what would be appropriate given the current situation, and B, that's close enough to me. Because there was none at that point that were showing in Grand Rapids or around that surrounding area. So the closest to me that was safe enough was Indiana. Like in like Mrs. Isawaka, I think. Like South Bend. And I made my best friend go with me. Her name's Allie. And if any like if anyone has even heard me talk about Allie, this is not her thing. <laughs> At all. She went, she went with me because she loves me and she was like, this makes my best friend happy. I'm going to go with her. So we drove an hour and a half to Indiana and we went to the theater where it was like really far apart from everybody everyone wearing masks and stuff. And we went to go see it. She had no idea what was happening. <laughs> and she <laughs> goes out after the movie has shown and we're saying like, I'm sitting in the car. She's outside because she's having a cigarette. And I have the window rolled down. And she goes, I really enjoyed that. And she was like, I went in fully expecting to hate it. Because that's just her thing. Like, she's like, I'm not an anime person. It's not my, not my thing at all. She was like, I went in fully expecting to hate it, and I really had a lot of fun. And she goes, I see why you like it. I see why it has such a strong following out of the people that do love it. And she was like, That's that was a really fun movie. And that like for somebody that is not into this stuff at all, <laughs> to say that, I was like, okay. This is this is a good fucking movie. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> she was like, that was, and she was like, the theater was fun because the people, the limited amount of people that were there, they were interactive. Like every single time Zenigata came on the screen, myself included, <laughs> we're like, oh, <laughs> just like screaming. <laughs> and like, but she was like, it wasn't like a Star Wars crowd where they were screaming all the time. It was like mm-hmm. pretty controlled at the same time. So she was like, it was a lot of fun. And it was not what I was expecting at all. And and she had a really great time. It's it's like the complete opposite of what happened at my theater experience with Griffin. Yeah. Uh, the, the we had there was a, a fair decent amount of people in there, not like like crazy uh, packed or anything like that. Obviously, given it's a pandemic and there's a limited amount of people allowed in the theater. Period. Um, but. It was weird because everyone came in that, that sat in there were, were quiet through the most of the movie. There were like maybe a few parts where you would hear a chuckle or a small laugh. But most people, aside from me, who was losing their shit the entire time, just, <laughs> you know, complete opposite. It, it, I, I I laughed at a lot of parts. At one point, Griffin shushed me, which I understand why they did. I, I actually snapped back at them was like, no, no, you don't shush me. I'm having a good time. Don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I felt bad for it. But like, you know, it is what it is. Um, the reason why was because no one else was laughing. I was the only one laughing. And I don't know why. I don't know if these people were sleeping or what, but <laughs> they were missing out on a fantastic time. Yeah, obviously, my second time around was with Emma, and we were the only two people in the theater, so we just went ham. Nice. Yeah, that, that was great, because I also had, like, two beers at that point, too. Yeah. So that- <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. It was a real good time. Yeah, these, like, these old ladies came into the theater, because they were, like, with their kids. And right. I say, like, old ladies, they're, like, in their 50s. And they're, like, oh, like, we have... Do you know what you're in here for? <laughs> right. And they're like, I forget what movie they were here. Like it wasn't Lupin. And I'm like, this is this is for Lupin the third. <laughs> like, <laughs> probably not here for that movie, by the way. So yeah, they loved. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was. I forgot about that until you mentioned it too. So yeah, it it was a very different type of experience when I went with Griffin and what, like I said, it wasn't necessarily bad or anything. The first viewing was great. Um, it was just a really weird, surreal experience being in a theater with people and not getting much of a reaction. And there was people in there that knew who Lupin was and followed his adventures. Maybe not quite as closely as say me or the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, it was just weird because I don't know. It's just strange to come into a theater and not giggle at funny parts in a movie. Even the fun, like they didn't even giggle at the funny parts, like the most funny parts. They giggled maybe here and there, but that was it. It was just weird. Bizarre even. Strange crowd. Indeed. I wish I would have been able to see it in a theater, but, um, the only theater that I even remotely trusted is about 
50 minutes away and I was preparing to buy tickets for it, but it, 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 it was a Regal theater. And Regal got shut down. And Regal shut, understandably Regal shut down. And I thought, okay, maybe I'll go to AMC and watch it. It's a bit further down. But AMC's social distancing standards were uh, not even remotely close to Regal's where you could just have, I think it was one seat distance between you and like whoever would sit beside you. And like the two seats in front of you, whereas Regal was like cutting off, you know, like whole rows and cutting off two seats to either side of you when you reserve those seats. And uh, by that point, I think like about three or four people had already reserved seats in random spots in the theater. So I would have been sitting beside someone closer than I wanted to either way. So I had to skip out on that. But I did see Cagliostro years ago. That was a good time. And now I Actually, went when I now not to like segue off of the first, but when I went not. to see Cagliostro, uh, it was a, an experience because I went with a friend named Re, and we watched it. We watched it dubbed, <laughs> and we just kept riffing on it. And there's other people in the theater with us, and we just didn't care. <laughs> we we would like lean over each other and go boss <laughs> uh anyways chris tell us your experience with well with the first. Uh, my best friend brian and i we went to, we went to go see it together he was also the one i, was, I saw cali osha with on the big screen a few years back yes um <laughs> and uh you know brian's a big fan of uh indiana jones so i think he he really appreciated uh you know, certain aspects of Lupin the Third, the movie, the first, you know, because of that. And, uh, you know, I know he's all, he's, a, he's a casual fan of the franchise as well, mostly due to me uh, constantly uh, throwing uh, VHS recordings. I had a part two at him throughout high school. But, yeah, he yeah he, he really enjoyed the movie. So did I. I actually wore the T-shirt that uh, Jay designed. Um, oh, I feel so honored. <laughs> and, uh you know, as everybody was leaving the theater, I actually got into a conversation with somebody else that was there to see the movie, you know, about the franchise. And uh, I'm still kicking myself for not plugging this podcast, but. <laughs> you had one job. No, I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. yeah you had one <laughs> moment to spread the gospel and you didn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, you know, like after this dude and I parted ways, I was just like, oh, man. Oh. Maybe when Lupin the Third, the first, the second comes out, you'll have another opportunity. <laughs> Let's see, Lupin the Third, the movie, the first, two, the second. Yes. <laughs> My brain is like rattling from that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy brain. <laughs> yeah, the title has a bad case of colon cancer. <laughs> but um, also, can I just say, like, you know, going back to the movie itself for a sec, I really like the. Uh, you know, the opening credits. Ooh, like yes. I, thought they, I thought they were really fun, really stylish. But, you yeah. know, I've seen it yeah. by, that, by that point already. You know, it felt like a part two opening. And then after that, the movie's title gets typed out. Like yes. A part, like a part two episode. I thought that was such a cool touch. Yes. It, it, well, that makes me so happy. I also really liked the movie as a period piece. I was, it, I was, not, I was not expecting that going into the film at all. Me neither. I, th- that's one of my... I'm so happy because Lupin works excellently when it's set in the 60s and 70s i'm glad that yamazaki understands that me too like it was kind of nice to see something other than 
what like going into modern times it was nice to see it go back to the 60s mm-hmm. right and even you would tell like true just by the um vehicles that were used and the uniforms that were used mm-hmm. like the time like period like so they paid attention as like a historian they paid attention to those small details like that because I was just talking to Jay about like so another show that I was watching. Like I was like, I think they're supposed to be set in the sixties, but they're also referencing like modern day things. So it was hard to like determine what time frame there was. Whereas like the first, you could easily tell from the beginning that was the forties. Yep. And then it said sometime later, and like you can just gather that was like what twenty or so years later. In the I think, I think it's just, so. I think it's over a decade later. Yeah. yeah, which had me thinking that it was set in the fifties at first. Yeah, so like just by judging off of like the outfits and the cars and the weapons and stuff like just those small details you can or like the planes that were used mm-hmm. you can determine like what time frame was from and that that to me that just tickles me pink it's, it's that specific attention to detail that the lupine franchise is known for this just really really has that in spades yeah I'm, I, I love that there's that one moment when lupine and leticia are in the uh the crates, and if you look on it, like it has the year nineteen six, but like the last number's kind of scratched out. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, my favorite year. Nineteen sixty something. There's something sort of like that in uh I don't know if it's in the Japanese as well, but in uh, uh Tokyo Pop's translation of one of the uh, Shin Lupin stories. We see uh, flashbacks to Zenigata's repeated failures to capture Lupin, and the date for most of the uh, uh, flashbacks is given as 1960 question mark. <laughs> uh, uh, I love that I'm uh, in the uh, the Koike films. They do the same thing in uh, Jigen's gravestone. Yes, his uh, his 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 date of death is not. It's 1970 something or 197. Either one, <laughs> one of the two. Take your pick. <laughs> I also like that the movie opened up with a dude being executed by Nazis. Hold on, make him out wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, go on. Go on. <laughs> you know. I, was, I was just gonna say it's like, it's like right from the beginning, it's like this isn't, you know, the kind of CGI animated movie that one sees nowadays. Right. Oh, really? Yeah, Pixar, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Even though Letitia's mom has a very Pixar-like design, I noticed she does. Which I th- I thought that was kind of she kind of really stood out against everybody else, but mm-hmm. because of that. But but yeah, I mean that's pretty much my first two uh, notes here. Letitia's mom has a very Pixar design. Opening with dude executed by Nazis. This ain't your average CGI animated movie. Well, no, and, and like um, it starts kind of hardcore for like a movie that's mostly family oriented because you got the dude being executed by the Nazis, and then this husband and wife with their like infant daughter getting this really tense car chase and getting like a horrible car accident. That car accident just, still, that kind of threw, that, ugh. still that was such an early accident. That makes me cringe every time. Every time. Not like just because I know that there's a baby in the front seat, mm-hmm. but also just like 
the violence of it. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) They they went all out on that. Like even the damage looked so real. It did. So remember, I remember being like, "Hey, maybe I can show my um, uh, maybe I can show my very young niece this movie." Uh, nope, nope, yeah. that's not. Uh-uh. Like, like I could, I could show my nephew, but he's like two months old. So. <laughs> <laughs> he's just gonna be like, uh, he he just stares at the wall. So. <laughs> he's that uh, that peanut butter baby video. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Cass, Cass, here's Lupin the Third, and this is like what. <laughs> <laughs> that oh. car, that car accident though, like still, like I've seen that movie like twenty something times, maybe more, right. <laughs> and like I literally like have a reaction every single time I watch that it's, accident. It's effective, and then you got like Lambert limping over while like a screaming infant is in the car with its right. dead parents. Right. And he just takes his thing away from it and shuffles. I, yeah, the villains in this are so hateable. Right, oh, they yeah. are. I think that's the point. But you know, oh yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like uh, instant hateability. Just had Nazis, right. exactly. Like if they were already hateable, but yeah, you had the Nazism factor, and it's like okay, <laughs> okay, they throw uh, they throw like a twenty year old out of a fucking plane. And it's like okay. Uh, 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 <laughs> I know it's been like a, a, a bit of oh I'm not gonna say criticism. But I know people always point out like why are Nazis like always like in Lupin the Third, but like with recent entries and in given listen, cur- Nazis are still apparently a thing. That was, that's what I was gonna say. It's like yeah. they're kind of an evergreen villain and even more relevant now. So I like seeing pain inflicted upon them. So right, <laughs> right. So I, I like I told. A uh, number of people that I'm still like I'm expanding my research on um, the terror, and I sent Jay this uh, excerpt of a book that I'm reading. The last sentence of the introduction. This book was written 2005. It says, "If we do not honor the message of human rights born in the revolutions of 1776 and 1789, as the French in their case most clearly failed to do." We are, we too are on the road to terror. And with like today's, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, why why does Lupin the Third always go into Nazis? And it's like, well, (laughs) it's still a very strong thing whether or not we choose to realize it. Yeah, in the terms of like the 70s, part two being aired, that was still not even 30 years apart from World War II, but now it's still a thing. Right. It's still it, a thing. It's well, almost like they're sending a message at this point. Right. Well, and I do think that, you know, it's like Drew said, you know, they're evergreen villains. Like, you know, you don't have to do a whole lot of legwork as a writer to get your audience to want to see the villains defeated. Right. Because they're Nazis. Right. There you go. It works taken care of for you. <laughs> there you go. Now just have the good guys beat them. There, there's like your few that's not that way, but like, yeah, most are like going to be like, yes, please beat Nazis. I would hope <laughs> everyone did, but you know, that's not yeah, the world we live in. Right, right. It's like mo- anyone that's like of sound mind is going to be that way. <laughs> please for- beat Nazis. 
It's like, unfortunately, they're still around. The good news is we can punch them. Right. So Please punch right. them in the face. Please you know, throw them out of a plane into a black hole. Or <laughs> if you're... If you have the elaborate means, concoct a whole story where their fearless leader was resurrected in Brazil in a <laughs> wheelchair, and then as you're... That's a thing, okay? That is actually... I liked that, like, as a, like, someone you study, I was like, okay, this is actually conspiracy theory. That legitimately is it. The thing I love also is how they like play on that, but then like Lupin stands up and just makes an utter mockery of it in his face about it. Oh, it was where he's like, you know, he's been dead. Did you not go to school? (laughs) My favorite line: Nazis lose. Yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) I swear, the theater I went to, I heard multiple claps at that point. The moral of the story. <laughs> Nazis lose. It's like, yes, indeed. As well oh. as they should. <laughs> Every time. But um, going back to the beginning, though, can you say how much I really like the opening heist and Lupin's capture and then escape? Yes. yes. It's it's like that That's... entire first act there. It's like, this is everything I wanted from this movie. It's great. It's so fun and so typical Lupin. It's just like, it's wild. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I remember posting like a clip of that on Facebook when it came out, just like the sub version. And one of my friends was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is Lupin, baby. Like, <laughs> you don't question what is happening in Lupin. You really can't. But like, something I kind of noticed though, was that a lot of the, uh, I want to say like a lot of the shots and aesthetic and all that for you know, that opening act, you know, felt like it wouldn't be out of place in, like, a live-action movie. But then, at the same time, you have, like, the actual character animations, which are very much cartoony. And I, I don't know, I, I really like that. Yes, because um, uh, um, there was an interview I read with Yamazaki where he said, like, the one thing he wanted to focus on was, like, approaching, like, his direction as if he was making a Hollywood film and, like, using camera angles and camera setups that you could physically actually, like, use. Yeah, and it shows. I mean, I I, I really like that about it. Agreed. Like, it, it never really does, like, the kind of, like, the CGI, like, floating magical camera thing. It looks like right. actual setup shots for a movie. That That's kind of what makes the whole thing super effective. It's super effective. And, like... also. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I just have to, I just have to ask, Emma, is, is your cat meowing? Yeah, did you hear that? <laughs> I did, I heard it. Did you hear it? Yes, I did. Okay, yeah, no, that was tough. I couldn't stop laughing. I had to hold my hand over my mouth <laughs> to keep myself from laughing. That was Thomas. Sorry, he went into my lap, so... It's okay. We love your big one cat. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's making an appearance. Hi, Thomas. This is becoming a theme considering how the last episode ended with Jay's cats audibly fighting. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah, fight I, only, I only have one, so there's not going to be like fighting, hopefully. <laughs> Just listen. Right now, the cats are sleeping, so we're safe for now. <laughs> we're safe. I was wondering if anyone would hear me. 
I did. I heard it. And I was trying not to interrupt, but I was giggling like crazy. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Don't be. <laughs> we may as, call, may as well call this like, I don't know. The Loop kitten pot. Yeah. Loop on the purr. Loop on the purr. Sideburns and cats. <laughs> Sideburns and cat hair. Hair balls and cigarettes. <laughs> Sideburns and cat kitter. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Triggered on the hairball thing. <laughs> Um, one thing I really like about the movie is just like how universal it feels like I could pretty much show this to anyone and kind of like use this as a nice soft gateway yes. into the franchise I was like I was actually thinking about that before we recorded today I was like you know I'm probably going to talk about the fact that this to me is a better starter film than Cagliostro I would agree Yeah. yeah because Cagliostro, I love. I adore it. But as terms of a Lupin movie, I kind of struggle sometimes. It's definitely mm-hmm. Miyazaki. But I'm not sure if it's a Lupin movie. That's why I always put Mamo above it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I put the first above it. Like, the first, I think, is a better introduction to the series as a whole. Like, if you're talking just general movie, like anime movie, and it just happens to be Lupin, then yes, Cagliostro. But, like, I think as an introduction to the series itself, the first is better. It's not, to me, it doesn't feel as long. There's Mm -hmm. more of the character, like, portrayal and interactions in it and i just think it's just more fun of a story going one does more things yes yes <laughs> like you're <laughs> i think it i think that movie works better if you're already familiar with the characters yes because it's showing yeah. them as being you know older and wiser and all that but yeah and like um uh, you you can feel some shades of caliostro in this but the thing i like about it and it's something i kind of realized watching it um, uh a few days ago, uh, Yamazaki said in an interview that someone asked him if like Kaliosha was a big inspiration. And he's like, well, he's like, I didn't watch it at first because it wasn't really well regarded at the time. He kind of like shunned it off because of the reception to it and then came to watch it later on TV. And like, he wasn't a huge fan of it at first, but then he saw it again. Like it really sucked him in and he gradually came to love it. And so like it's it's no secret that a lot of Lupin TV specials really ape Cagliostro or elements of Cagliostro, kind of because they feel obligated to. If that makes any sense, yeah. Where it's like it feels like they're checking off like like, like a checklist thing, and you're like, oh, okay, so there's the Clarice, there's the this. Whereas like the homages to Cagliostro in this feel like they come from a guy who like truly loves the movie and is putting those in because he cares about the film and like weaves it in it. If that makes any sense. No, I agree. Which is why, like, the formulaic nature of this, like, because I know some of the criticisms, some of the criticisms were like, you know, it's basically just like a big TV special of this. I'm like, 
Not quite, because this feels like it has, like, the homages are done with care, it feels like, to me. Like, it comes from a guy who actually loves this movie and is incorporating elements because he loves it, not because TMS told him to. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Which is not to disparage any of the TV specials, because I still enjoy those. But this feels more organic, if that makes any sense. No, it does. And, you know, something that... go Harken back to the... The, the, the whole fact that Cagliostro flopped when it first came out and it nearly ruined Miyazaki's career. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that this movie that almost ruined the man's career and actually made him like, he, he actually hated his own movie when he put yep. uh, after it did that to him. It's amazing that they still reference it today. Oh Yeah. And uh, I, th- I think at the time, didn't uh, Yasuo Yamada had to like write a letter to the fans to be like, "Hey, give it a chance." Right, basically. Yeah, it, was, it was in the uh, movie program, I believe. <laughs> I can understand because Yasuo Yamada is like, "Guys, this is my my best performance." Right. Oh. <laughs> my, my, my second favorite English dub actor of Lupin uh, in Castle Cagliostro. So yes. David Hayter. Yes. And okay, before you say anything, it's not just because he's a voice actor of a snake <laughs> who happens to be one of my first fictional crushes of all time. Which explains a lot, really. Really, it does. <laughs> it's so funny, too, with the whole fact that Snake is like. And also, it. also Captain Nemo, and I was like six from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Shut up. <laughs> he also just does a great job as that character. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sh- shut up. <laughs> no. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> Jay, did you just get really close to the mic? Emma, <laughs> <laughs> you called me out on why I watched the dub of the Fujiko series, so I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I already that. know. I already know. Because <laughs> I watched it too. That's why I watched the sub of it with Koichi on the camera. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> I was thinking, though, that when I watched the movie last night, the ending felt very Cagliostro to me. Yes. It is. It is. I mean, although, to be honest, if I do have a criticism of the movie, I do think that maybe like the last third or so, the movie kind of slows down a bit. You know, especially Especially with yeah. everything with uh, Letitia and Lambert and... You know, Gerard, you know, it. the movie kind of starts to drag a little bit, you know, once they have the eclipse. And, like, don't get me wrong, I like Letitia as a character, but her name isn't in the title. She's, right. not, the one, she's not the one I'm here for. You know, That's valid. You know, it's, yeah. It's a similar similar criticism I have to uh, Dead or Alive. <laughs> Although not quite as egregious. Good Lord. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, the first does does better with that than Dead or Alive did, definitely. But no, I, I feel like, cause, like it gets to a certain point where there's like a lot of drama with the three of them, and you're like, all right, all right, where's the gang? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which this is, this is not even like a valid criticism of mine. It's just a nitpick. But man, I wish I could get like a full fight scene of like the gang jumping out of the plane and taking out like the entire. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 I, I mean, the montage was nice, but. 
Oh yeah. You know, have it be an actual full scene. I thought would have been great. And see, like I feel like the whole thing, you know, on the plane with the eclipse. I think it stuck out more for me because it came after, you know, uh, that whole sequence in the ruins, which I thought was fantastic because, you know, all five of the main characters got their got a chance to shine. Yep. During that, and then they're just completely absent from the movie for a bit. Yeah. Can we talk about that manga reference for Chris? Yes, please. For a hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Chris was just like vibrating. I can tell. Like, they finally <laughs> did it. <laughs> okay, because see, like you know, in the Discord server we all hang out in, we had a special spoilers channel, you know, for discussion of this movie. And you know, after I got back from the theater, I, you know, I finally read through that uh, channel, and uh, someone—I don't remember if it was Drew or Kara—but one of you two mentioned that Chris is going to flip out when he hears Goemon's sword referred to as Ryusei, which is, you know, apparently Japanese for falling star, and it is the name of Goemon's sword in the manga. Whereas the anime calls it, you know, Zontetsuken, which always kind of bugs me because Ryusei is such a cooler name. It, it means, is a cool name. It means shooting it star, as opposed to Zontetsuken, which means. Iron cutting sword. <laughs> yeah. Also, like shooting star is so much cooler. I kind of love the uh, the implication of Zinagata like recognizing it because it's almost like establishing that like Zinagata has like these such in depth profiles on them because he's just been chasing after him so long. And he's like, you- hey, I know what your sword's made out of. Don't you hide it? Which is so perfect because I think actually just like the characterization of each character, like even if like the other four weren't really captured as much as Lupin, which I know is criticism of the movie, like all the four like that had their own little thing. Like Zenny got it knowing that information. He yep. would. Of course he would. And he- I'm not just saying that as a Zenny got a stand. <laughs> but it's like of course he would know that but also fujiko was that's one of the best written iterations of fujiko that i've yeah. seen in a very long time absolutely uh, i saw some reviews after watching it where they were like yeah it just feels like the gang like some members just like kind of got pushed to sidelines and I was just, no no <laughs> i never um, felt that <clears throat> like like we we get within the first I'm going to like guesstimate 10 minutes. We have three individual moments where Zinigata cackles like a madman while chasing after <laughs> Lupin and captures him and Sharpies on his face, <laughs> which is perfect. Again, in character. <laughs> we, get, we get Goemon nervously hiding his sword because he doesn't want to leave it alone. And then once the ruins start collapsing, the only thing on his mind is getting his sword back so much so that he chants Zentetsukin while running down the hallway, blazing. And Jaden <laughs> being like, old man, like, let me know when you found it. <laughs> I want that part. It's like, it's, you know, it's like it's like he sits down to relax, and then anti gravity kicks in. So now he just sits down and shows out on the ceiling. But the whole theater laughed too when he has that lantern, like during the time with the falling star, and he's just like walking. He's like, "What the hell does that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> and, the, yeah. and just like attack, like all the traps 
go towards Jigen at first, which is like hysterical to me. (laughs) Okay, uh, we got to talk about the Chamber of Death. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Speaking of Jigen. (laughs) I love how Jigen's just like, like, it's a Chamber of Death. Off you go. Off you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Good luck. Which I'm I'm pretty sure off you go is is the exact line from the dub too. <laughs> and then retaliation, Lupin just grabs his hat. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Like, like oh, up around. Yeah, if you're gonna push me into the tunnel of death, let me throw your most prized possession into the tunnel second. of death. I would say that's his second prized possession. <laughs> Gun hat. Yes. <laughs> Third cigarettes. There's a yeah. You know, that kinda of reminds me of a moment in uh the original manga series where Jigen tries to pull a gun on a hypnotist and the guy causes Jigen to shoot himself in the face, but in like a cartoony, you know, Looney Tunes sort of way. And later the, the hypnotist talks to Lupine. He's like, I hope Jigen's not too mad at me. Nah, he should, he's just glad he didn't shoot his hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's my trademark. Right. That's my trademark. <laughs> Like, I want to take fashion tips from a guy that dresses like a circus ringmaster. <laughs> no, I want to watch my mom. And not, yeah, to venture, not to venture too far off topic, but I love how they brought that back in uh, Goemon's Blood Spray when Hawk deflects Jigen's board. Yes. It hits his hat and he goes, That's my trademark. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of my favorite lines is from that movie, like, Okay, Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, bitch, who do you call a cowboy? <laughs> like, like, you yourself are a cowboy. Um, but, like, any but- any criticism of this movie that says, like, that the other four aren't, like, a big part of it, it's like, are we watching the same movie? Like, I can kind of see that, but at the same time, I do think the whole bit of the ruins, like, especially, you know, Jigen and Goemon, because I do think they are a bit underutilized until that point. Yeah. You know, I do think, like, you know, both of them do get a chance to, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, you know, show, you know, who they are, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it really worked. I, I really I really enjoyed that whole sequence. The, their absence of screen time is kind of made up for, like, in, in, in the moments they get to shine. Right. Like, uh, and, and, and there's just, like, even one moment, like, when uh, when Lupin first goes in the chamber of death and, like, all the lasers just barely miss him. He falls down, looks up, and Jigen's just got kind of like got this cocky smile. Fujiko has like this really cute, you can do it face. Zenigata salutes. <laughs> <laughs> and we, I think we have an icon of Guayman in our server. Yep, yeah, it's kind of like that. Oh, yes. like that. Yeah, you got smirk. Smug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you, you got this. Yeah, I love, I love that pan over all of them. That's great. I really like how, uh, you know, when they all get captured, Goyabon's like, this wouldn't have happened if I had my Zontetskin. <laughs> <laughs> He's so bitter about that. It's great. <laughs> Petty Goemon, I'm here for it. He's like, I left it over there. <laughs> <laughs> I left my child. <laughs> I'll come back for you. <laughs> <laughs>
but on the uh, on the subject of like it being a good introduction, it, th- this is kind of and like I'm gonna say this, and it's not gonna not like exactly this, but it's kind of like for me a nice blend of Cagliostro with a little bitty taste of Mamo at the end. Yes. Where it's like, oh yeah, you got the sweet gentleman thief, and you're like you know you got you know the kind of the kind of whimsical adventure where like you discover like who you are but also at the end nazis get this entire like get this plane with a black hole generator that sprouts wings and like has a weird kind of stinger (laughs) honestly i thought the eclipse itself was really cool it is it kind of looks like a shrimp scorpion in the sky it's a a little shrimpy (laughs) i'm gonna draw that now the shrimp scorpion (laughs) Uh, I'm going to draw the eclipse like the plane, but as a little shrimp. <laughs> that was the uh, the unused title for the yeah. device. <laughs> what is this? The shrimp. <laughs> the shrimp. <laughs> you couldn't have oh, the shrimp. The title. The shrimp oh, scampi. <laughs> you, know, you know, we're just going to call it the eclipse. That sounds better. <laughs> like it's the shrimp scorpion. Mr. X appears in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and I just rewatched the um, what was it the 50th anniversary of you know the the the, the is Lupin still burning ah so I've got his voice fresh in my mind right now <laughs> like once the wings like sprouted out of the plane I was like oh oh we're getting we're doing bonkers Lupin I'm here all right <laughs> yeah, I'm here. No, I showed this to my friend Jeff when it was still subs, and that happened. He goes, he looks at me, he goes, Emma, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, welcome to Lupin. Also, props to them for making that thing, like, genuinely threatening when it drops, like, the one little, right. the little, yeah. the, the and, little beam it drops. And it, it looks like that- a shrimp. <laughs> Because <laughs> when it drops that orb and the, like the sound design, like it, like like it goes dead quiet while it's falling, you like hear like the wind. That and was so that effective. Eruption of the black hole is like, oh, this is actually kind of terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> that that silence that was so effective. Yep, I love when they use uh, the lack of sound to make a point. That's not really anything like really. Has that happened in Lupin much? Aside from unintentionally in part one? <laughs> no, not not typically, no, because it's just like an underutilized thing in like music too. I think there's a few moments in Mystery of Mamo where they kinda you know dish the background music. Oh god. Oh the part that, where the I brain's did... getting sent into space. Yes. Oh yeah. There's that there's and there's also the moment when like Lupin goes in that back room and there's like the music and he sees like the test tubes with yeah, like and it oh, goes yeah, what right. it goes dead silent. Oh, that still creeps me. Yeah, no, because well, uh, it's partly because it goes dead silent. I mean, and like it's not always done for you know scary reasons either. Like when the uh, truck goes off the cliff. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, there, there's no music at all during all that, or the laughing fit, or the car getting blown up. <laughs> Yeah, it's you know several minutes of of no background music whatsoever. In that, I love that they they did that like effectively in the first two with like mm-hmm. figuring out where to put the music. Well, like yeah, like what you said, well, like when they dropped 
there's black holes. It's like, oh, this looks very non-threatening. And then it's silent. And then it just, like, erupts. And it's like, oh, okay. Because, <laughs> like, they, they drop it, the sound goes out, and you're like, oh, this is, okay, it's an orb. And then there's, like, that one shot where there's, like, that weird just, like, like the black clouds, like, twisting around. And you're like, oh, God. All right. <laughs> Nightmare fuel. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I have a new thing I'm scared of. <laughs> it's a shrimp scorpion. <laughs> shrimp scorpion. I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I played both Super Mario Galaxy games, so I've kind of gotten used to the concept of uh, being threatened by small black holes. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know, at, at the end of it, like when, when, when they reactivate it, when, when Lupin and Gerard... Are, are, are fighting like you know that Lupin's not gonna die but there's like well that, there's that like one little beat where like he's seen what it can do Gerard gets sucked into it and there's just like this palpable like look of hopelessness on his face yeah actually kind of upsetting yeah it's like that man has accepted his fate he's it's like, like he's accepted it, but he die. doesn't want it yeah you know I'm gonna die today yeah, no, I've noticed that every single time. And I'm like, this is a man that has totally been like, yep, this is it. <laughs> it's like, the last time I felt something like that is that one moment in Miss by a Dollar when they're burying Lupin and Zindigata's on the ground, like begging them to reveal that it's, that it's oh, like a ploy. <laughs> yeah. That seems... That scene genuinely upsets me. <laughs> now, now you want me to watch Miss by a Dollar again. <laughs> And then Fujiko shows up and everyone's like, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know they reveal 10 minutes later it's fake, but it still gets me. It, it, it does. And speaking of moments that kind of get me, I, I, I love the whole aspect of the family connection between Lupin and Letitia. Mm-hmm. When, when he realizes that like, that like his granddad worked with them. Right. Yeah, yeah. Heartwarming material. I it, honestly love any content that plays with the idea or, or or concept of Lupin's grandfather working with people mm-hmm. like in any aspect I like to I like the idea of Lupin's uh, of knowing what Lupin's family is because it's mm-hmm. always such a big mystery and that's always kind of a nice like it, it gets the mind moving it gets the imagination going it's not really out of context for you know, Arsene Lupin to have several accomplices either. Right. This is true. So, so, you know, there's a whole lot of, you know, potential there. But I actually like going off of that, it's not something explored in the anime super often. Cause like the only I can think of is like, I know there's some episodes in part one that kind of like deal in that. There's, I think there's a, a few part two episodes and there was uh, the eternal mermaid special, which I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it too. Anytime you start dealing with Granddad Lupin. I'm, I'm here for it. Me too. Okay, so how about the bit in the death chamber where Lupin finds his grandfather's hat and cane? Yes. So everybody was so confused at first about the cane because of the the way the letters are made. They thought it, me- it meant the second, just because it had two like pillars or three pillars or the third. I don't remember, but. Like in the in the in the shape of the L, on the on the uh, cane, 
everyone was so confused and kept thinking that they were that they were referring to Lupin's dad, but he kept calling him granddad. And people were like, why is he calling him granddad? Is it a sub issue? I'm like, well, no, because it's just L for Lupin. Yeah. <laughs> Though it would be very funny if in the sequel, Lupin the second comes back like, that's my cane, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, my grand, my, my dad keeps taking credit for my shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's my hat, my cane. <laughs> Which, I, I I would enjoy that. Which like, you know, while we're on this topic, I'm still not 100 percent behind the title of the movie. It's it's weird to say. It really is. Lupin I mean, the third, the first. Right, and like, I mean, like you know, I get it. Like Arsene Lupin is, I don't want to say a major player in the movie, but he has a significant part. You know, posthumously. But, I don't know, it's just such an awkward sounding title in English. I mean, I I do feel like maybe they should have called it Lupin III, The Brasson Diary, maybe. I could see that, because in Japanese it makes more sense, because you you would say it as Lupin Sansei the first, which rolls off better, but then when you translate it, it's Lupin III, the first. (laughs) It's almost like, what? (laughs) Who? Especially because they use the Roman numeral for the title. So I'm sure right. some people probably read it as Lupin Three, the first. What? <laughs> How's this? <laughs> is this a Metal Gear Solid Three thing? Where the third one is the sequel? I mean, what's going on? Let's see. Uh... Oh, in my uh, notes here, I mentioned that the way Zenigata dramatically opens the door to oh announce his presence to Leticia. I love that. <laughs> I mean, it just. You know, he, like, he does it with such a flourish, so dramatically. It's it's great. So that is a good segue into something I was thinking about earlier. And I kind of, uh, off recording, I kind of mentioned it to Drew. I actually noticed at least one, if not two, animation errors Ooh. and in the entire film, which is kind of interesting. And it's maybe not so much an error so much as it is um, they forgot like distances and pieces. Um, so in the scene where he opens the door for Letitia, when Jigen's bringing her back there, he opens it up and then it cuts to the side view of him and he's standing like four feet away. <laughs> His arms had to have really grow real long to reach that door and not <laughs> take a step back. <laughs> uh, that's one little thing. And then at the very end of the movie, when Lupin is coming down, and he lands on the, the pier, the, the dock, whatever you want to call it. Um, you you see from the side view, you see a bunch of like posts sticking out of the water leading past the edge or the end of the pier. But when it cuts to the front view, those are completely gone. They're gone. They just don't exist. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Just Just small little animation errors or like things that they didn't deem necessary to animate. Um, which I, I don't blame him. I just thought it was interesting to catch that, you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. The, the second one's definitely error. The first one, I, 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 I argue, Zinagata is Inspector Gadget confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, you know, and there's also the way that he, you know, when he does open the doors, he does seem to be leaning out really far. Yeah, but not that far. <laughs> well, true. <laughs> he Unless would literally have a... to be at an angle to do what he did. <laughs> Unless he's got a long torso. Uh, more so more long arms. 
He picked that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they're all twinks in this movie. <laughs> no. I love, I love how the internet all rallied around Thirst Trap Jigen. Oh my god. I can't blame them. No. <laughs> I mean, even in the Crunchyroll video about the history of the franchise, they go out of their way to mention it. Yes. I mean, <laughs> god damn, they made him hot. Keanu Reeves, <laughs> Jigen. Well, uh, in uh, one of the bonus features on the Blu-ray, Richard Epcar points out as well. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh, it cracked me up so much. He's like, they actually made him hot. <laughs> Ep- Epcar's like, finally. <laughs> Good, good. <laughs> stupid sexy Jigen. <laughs> we now we have a stupid sexy Lupin and Jigen. Let's get them all in a movie together, huh? We we would have called the Kawiki one stupid sexy Jigen, but he's uh, he's he's on the brink. He's 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 between Hunk and Scarecrow. You know, you bringing up Kawiki is reminding me of the fact that. The next entry is going to have to have Lupin shirtless because they just keep removing clothing. Uh, hey. Thank, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank God. Yeah, the, that's going to be the poster. <laughs> yeah. God. And, and that, I would have that, that. That's, that's supposed to be the Zenigata one, right? So Koichi Zenigata, the migrate of Koichi Zenigata to be shirtless. That's pretty, oh, oh. That's, that's pretty appropriate. <laughs> Lupin the, the third erd, the thirst of Koichi Dinigata. <laughs> so, what would you guys say is your favorite part of the movie then? Oh boy, I gotta think about this for a second. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say the airplane. Uh, uh, the the whole scene starting from when uh, they're all up in the airplane and Lupin's looking through that glass with that smug ass look, <laughs> and then at some point when he just leaps over there and jumps out of the plane like crazy, that for some reason just made me happy. And, you uh, know the whole falling scene, that entire like scene. I don't know. I, I really like that. Well, I think my favorite line from the dub was, you know, during the whole falling bit, when uh, when Lupin says, "You know, I can always, I know I can always count on you, Fujiko. Well, you can expect, you can count on this to cost you a lot too. Well, perhaps I can pay you back with my body." And yes. Everyone was okay. Everyone that I know that has listened to that dub has been crazy about Tony Oliver's deep voice in that scene. Right? It worked so well, and I was like, "Hot damn!" <laughs> and I like that Letitia groans after he says it. I know. Um. Fujiko groans. I like. <laughs> oh my god! Like both of them were like, "Are you serious?" Right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it also like it's it's such a short, dumb gag, but Jigen failing to catch Lupin when he jumps out of the plane. Oh yeah, yep, I yep, I, I adore that. It's like I love that <laughs> Goemon was driving. Yeah, right. and he's like scoots out of the way at the last moment. Lupin lands face <laughs> first. And, and I love that 
you can tell that this was I don't, I don't know if this was like like just they thought this out together because he instantly blames Jigen for not right. catching him despite the fact that Goemon <laughs> is the one that swerved. <laughs> Jigen, what was that tough. for? Can't you see my hands are full? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's hard to pick my favorite scene, but I think the moment starting from 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 Goemon swerving out of the way and Lupin face planning all the way up to <laughs> Lupin racking his brain to find out like who to contact. He yes. simply finds oh. a radio, gets the right frequency, yes. and goes, hello, and then just <laughs> smash cuts. Yeah, the door just kicks. That was one of the scenes where in the theater everyone just starts screaming at. Uh, <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah, I'm, It's such a perfect scene. I remember, uh, you know, Brian, the guy I went with, he, he got a pretty good laugh out of that as well. Yeah. I, I think he said that was one thing he could see happening in a, a part two episode, especially with the uh, fake Lupin dummy that they had built from the oh, yeah. <laughs> like the little pinwheel thing. Yes. <laughs> also, also, I love the MacGyvering he did with that. You know, it was so yep. good. And also, when Lupin's getting on the helicopter, and Zinigata finds out, and he like knocks over two of his men. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just like, like yeah, just like. Fucking just destroys them and just like <laughs> boom. It's like he does that. <laughs> he also does that near the beginning when like all the men are piled up. Yeah. And he just kicks them <laughs> and they all collapse. See, you know, like that's something else that reminds me of uh, part two as well because that one episode uh, was it a Rumble Royale? There's that bit oh, where, yeah. where, where the police cars all collide. Yes, and, and you can see that there are several officers injured, but Pops just jumps out of the car and ignores them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh also the bit on the plane with the uh the cup ramen and zinigata tied up <laughs> it's like even like the tiny that. character beats the, like the beat of lupon reaching accidentally for goemon's ramen and goemon <laughs> slapping his slap. hand yeah just, just the 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 facial blush of zenigana like <laughs> rising through his head it's just like oh my god <laughs> and lupon's reaction i would do anything for you ma'am yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh my god, you precious baby. <laughs> Lupin's reaction in both the dub and the sub is amazing because in the dub he's just like, really? But I specifically love Kenichi Kirita's super deep just Nanda. It's like, it's not even Lupin's voice. It's just Kenichi Kirita going, what? They really should have had Tony Oliver try to duplicate that. That would been great. I think we broke Emma. <laughs> it's just the image of Drew going up to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's now probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> I think so too. It's, it's such a simple moment, but it's just Lupin genuinely like, really? Really? <laughs> There's so many like little parts, like any parts of like the like all five characters. Like like I said, I appreciate Fujiko actually being written in a way that like 
is good. Yes. Right. Cohesive. I'm like, is- thank God. <laughs> thank God. If like new people are getting into it, right? Oh, totally. Because, like, I always say to Jay, like, whenever we talk about the specials, I'm like, some of my favorite ones are, like, <laughs> Alcatraz Connection. <laughs> I'm like, the amount of times I want to punch Fujiko in the face. Oh, God. <laughs> or at least that, the person who wrote her. Yeah, and that specific one, I'm like, oh, my God. So, like, this one, I'm, like, really happy that they yes. got her so well. And just, like, yeah. I love that this is the Fujiko that will pick up a mounted turret and fire it at you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, and not give a shit. <laughs> I gotta say, you know, Lupin's frantic dodging about that. You know, dodging of the bullets was great, too. I was just gonna say, objectively, technically, the best part is when Lupin just says Nazis lose. This is true. That That, that okay. is one of my single favorite... Dub lines and Lupin lines now, period. Right. It's the moral so, of the story. So where would you guys rank this? You know, in like your listing Ooh. of uh you know favorite Ooh. Lupin the third theatrical movies. I did this That's the other hard. day on Letterboxd and I'm gonna pull it up. So can you remind me of the theatrical movies just yeah, sure. it's late? Uh Strange Psychokinetic Strategy, Mystery of Mamo, Castle of Cagliostro, uh Golden Legend of Babylon. Or Legend of the Gold of Babylon. Um, Farewell to Nostradamus. Dead or Alive. The 2014 live action. Hmm. Uh, Lupin III versus Detective Conan the movie. And then the three uh, Lupin the the third Erd movies. And then the first. I would put this second. Now, okay. I'm going to start this off with... um, the fact that I separate the the three loop on the third or the you know the Koike movies, you know. I I'm a J too. I, I separate them. I separate them from like I, they're almost like a, a spin off to me, you know. Considering right, they yeah, can, kind of Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And okay. so they're not part of the mainline uh entries in my opinion. Um Obviously, that's that. I mean, that might just be me and Emma. I I, I don't know how you guys stand on that, but uh, for me, I don't ever associate associate those with the mainline movies. Um, yeah. However, I, I, see, I see where you're coming from. Right. Um, however, I do think I put this movie, and now my my starting list was always Mamo first, Cagliostro's actually Babylon second, Cagliostro's third. And not because Cagliostro is bad by any means, but because, again, I prefer the more wackier adventures over the soft stuff. So, oh, yeah. if yeah, I had you. to, if I had to fit this movie in there, it's hard for me to make a choice. But I think I'd put it second, right, be- right below Mamo. Mamo is like god tier for me. Okay? I, I'm I'm with Jay. It's the same thing. Like pretty much the same views. Like. Cagliostro is great, but like I said earlier, is it like great as a Lupin movie? I'm I, I still right. kind of struggle with that, whereas Mamo to me is that's well, Lupin. I've always said Mystery of Mamo is the best representation of the characters in their natural state. Yes. Yep. It's like yeah, this is, it's is like this is Lupin. Like, 
this is what these characters are supposed to be like. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. Castle Cagliostro is more of a, you know, sort of a Dark Knight Returns thing where it's like, what if these characters actually got older as time went on? Right. You know, how right. would they be different? So, so I, I put the first second as well. Same. <laughs> I put the first <laughs> second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would put the first second as my favorite loop on the third movie. And fourthly, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that wasn't funny, but <laughs> that was funny though. I just had a mouthful of food though. <laughs> I nearly spit it out. I, I know I was the one that made the uh, question, but I'm kind of wondering where I would place this one myself. Well, yeah, now I'm struggling with it. I I, I guess I I probably put it third. So so what what's your order, Kristen? Um, I guess I'd probably go with uh. Castle Cagliostro is number one. Uh, Mystery of Mama is a close second. Then Lupin the Third, the movie the first, as third. All right. Then I guess perhaps Jigen's Gravestone is fourth. Yeah. I really like Jigen's Gravestone. Me too. I do too. Oh, yeah. It's, it's that. Uh, lately, I've been kind of vibing off of the uh, Fuji Goes Lie, though, so. I need to rewatch that. Fuji Goes Lie, for me, has shot up upon each rewatch of it. I, yeah, love, I love that yellow jumpsuit outfit she wears, yes. obviously to the point where I've cosplayed it, but then when you cosplay it, everyone, everyone is just like, uh, are you April O'Neil? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's funny, because technically April O'Neil was cosplaying as Fujiko. Right, right, right. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked up to Emma's like, is that April? Emma's like, Nanda. None. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Excuse me as I choke and die. You can tell it's going to be late because Jay and I are both like, <laughs> so, so Jay and I both say second. Because yeah. Drew, what is yours? Like honestly, I'd probably rank mine third, uh, or rank it third. Also, with uh, Mamo being number one, two being Cagliostro, and then three being Lupin the Third, the movie the first, the third <laughs> on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Which my fourth would be Goemon's Blood Spray. Gaiman's Blood Spray is really good, and I like watched it three times in a row about like a month ago. Like I'll like go through. I'm like I'm just gonna turn one on, and Jay can attest to this because when we lived together, we'd like watch like Eternal Mermaid. Oh yeah, like, when we got it, and then the next day, it's like, God, I want to watch Eternal Mermaid. <laughs> 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 so like, yeah, I did the same with Gaiman's Blood Spray recently. I was like. Well, it's already in my Xbox. Guess I'm going to watch this again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, it's so good because, like, out of the three Koikes, it's probably the one I've watched the least. Right. So. I think it's I think it, it's grown on me because I, I, mean, I, I still rank it last in terms of those movies in particular. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's creeping itself up. I don't know how the next movie will play out, but they're going to have a high bar to pass. They are. Oh, I'm sure they will. 
So I have uh, I have a question for all of you in yeah. terms of what do you see the future of 3D movies with Lupin? Like, what do you what do you think is going to happen next? I I really hope TMS has made a lot of money with this, like with the worldwide thing, because I, I I love more of these because for like from all the interviews like I've read from Yamazaki and the like like his his enthusiasm. On the bonus features, it seems like he has a genuine love and understanding of the franchise, and I'd love to see like him branch out and like explore different areas of the franchise, and like not be like with the first one. Though he's gonna be a bit like beholden to Cagliostro, but I want to see him like go a bit wilder with it or do something you know kind of vastly different. And I think I've said before that I would really appreciate you know follow ups this movie using different. You know, character designs and art styles. Yes, I mean, I mean, right. they'll probably re- they'll probably reuse the same ones and maybe tweak them a bit. But I do think it'd be kind of cool though to uh, you know explore different visual styles while still keeping it you know three D CG. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at like the box office numbers in Japan. It was ranking number two in its opening weekend. Ooh, uh, only nice. only behind Frozen Two. That makes sense. Ah. I mean, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Considering, uh, yeah. <laughs> Considering what it was up against. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And it's apparently won an award already for uh, at the 43rd Japan Academy Award Ooh. on March 6, 2020. It won in the category of excellent animation work. Hey, it was up. also naminate, not nominated. Nominated. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that, that's, just, that's what we're going to call animated movies that get nominated for stuff from now on. Naminated. Nomination. Nomination. I'm dying. <laughs> I even oh, looked no. at it, too. I was looking at the word, and then I looked over at the word animation, and I just combined them both. <laughs> oh no, Jay, Jay's time we're going to have to call an ambulance <laughs> <laughs> So it, it was it was nominated in the category of animation of the year as well So it, it did well It's I guess it was also no, uh, nominated at the How do you say it? How is it? A-N-N-E-C-Y Honestly how you say it? Honestly, Honestly? Sure. Uh, sure. International Animation I, Festival. I just do honestly because I don't want to sound like a Midwesterner. I mean, I'm a Midwesterner, so Annecy. <laughs> <laughs> All these uh, words sound like they could fit in uh, Ram Jam's Black Betty. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, Black Betty. <laughs> uh, so... It was uh, uh, nominated for feature film. I don't think it won. Um, 53rd. Okay, I'm not going to say that word. But there's a film festival. It it was nominated uh, back in October uh, for animation. And then there's some other one that's in Russian that it was apparently nominated for, too. Russian. Yeah, it was for the big cartoon festival. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And it was nominated for full-length film. Sweet, that's oh. good. I'm guessing it's doing okay, 
over here in North America as well, because it, uh, yeah, it, it could be nominated nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> yes, it. <laughs> You're right. Nominated. You're right. You're right. It could receive a nomination, but <laughs> but like yeah, I know, it like, could be nominated for an Oscar. I know it's in like the running for anime. It is in the running. It doesn't necessarily mean it'll get it, but if it does, my God, we'll all jump for joy. Come on, yes. be fun. At least get nominated. <laughs> a nomination would be amazing. I don't care if it wins or not. A nomination is a huge stepping oh, stone absolutely. for the Lupin franchise. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. And and just like Japanese animation is cool. Right. That's, That's something cool. that doesn't really break through the barriers, right. you know? Unless, unless it's Studio Ghibli. Right. Yep. Well, I, I Which I, I don't think has happened since Spirited Away. Probably not. And that has been how long? 20 years. 20 yeah. years. Oh, boy. So, going back to what I was uh, about to say earlier, I feel like this movie may be doing okay in North America because, like, G-Kid's release of it, I think, was done through a shop factory. Yep. Oh, and, yes. And I've heard that, like, I heard from somebody that works at a Walmart in Indiana that they actually got a shipment of Lupin the Third the First, which I did you know, hear about this too. You know that's pretty damn cool. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I do wonder though what the, uh, uh, I guess like what the numbers were for the, uh, oh, uh, Fathom Events showings were. Let's see if I can find it. Opening weekend, or the domestic is that for America? Yes. I hope so. Domestic okay. America. Domestic, uh, um, all for, for opening weekend was only eighty three thousand dollars, like eighty three thousand two hundred and ninety five. Um, but uh, all time since it since they had two different showings and everything, or multiple showings, uh, it came out to like a hundred and thirty nine thousand and sixty six dollars. Hmm. Um, which I mean, granted, in a pandemic, isn't that bad? No, and like that's in like. You add that to however, however much it's going to make on like home video, and not to mention right. streaming. How many people are going to purchase it on there? Sure. Oh, I'm sure it's been purchased crazy. And uh, uh, not to I, mention in Japan, like they had that limited edition, and that was like how much? That was like eighty bucks. Ninety bucks, yeah. So I'm sure they made bank off of that. So I'm hoping TMS made some. Oh, I think they did. I think it was just unfortunate uh, timing for everything. Right. Yeah. Um. I I think they've made kind of a a hint to the fact that they might re-release it in theaters at a later date when the pandemic's not yes. a big thing. But we'll see when that happens and how it plays out because we don't even know how many theaters are still going to be in business by the time this is all over. Yeah. Hmm. Um, all time worldwide box office, and now I don't know if this is completely up to date because. Um, it says it's only seven thousand, seven million dollars, or seven million one hundred and eighty-five thousand seven hundred and sixty dollars. However, if you go to the Wikipedia, it says in Japan alone, it made one point uh, sixteen billion yen, which equates to about eleven million. That's pretty good. Yeah. So. To say the least, it's been very successful in Japan. Um, yeah, well, they, they adore Lupin over there. 
Oh yeah. Well, they do. Yes, they really do. And um, in other countries too. I don't know what what the Italy. Uh, I don't know what Italy looked like, but they see, had they see. had a they had a whole premiere. Like I know with the with the with the those official cosplayers for yeah. it. Um, it's not giving me any numbers for Italy's box office release, but um, it does say that. Uh, coronavirus fears hit the Italian box office as admissions fall. Uh, Cinemas yeah. closed, So right around the time that it was released in Italy was when everything was going yes. down. Yeah, it was like February, mm-hmm. March. They yeah. released it in Italy. Yeah. I'm hoping that, like, eh, I'm hoping. I'm sure TMS like took into account that, like, you know, pandemic and everything. I'm, I'm hoping they like took into account that made pretty good, despite, you know. Right. Circumstances. Especially with streaming. I think streaming is what's going to probably. It's going to become the norm. You know, streaming is becoming the norm. Thanks to. Thanks to this pandemic. Like it was already a big like competitor against uh, theaters already when before the pandemic. But when the pandemic struck and suddenly movies were were coming to a halt, screeching halt, Mm -hmm. mind you, it it suddenly set the bar to a different level. Now they had to get stuff out for streaming platforms because that was all people had. Yep. Right. That was, that was how I had to watch uh, Bill and Ted face the music. And so with that, we're going to call that another episode of Cybers and cigarettes. This has been, this has been a damn fun episode. <laughs> it really has. We should do it more often. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming. This was this was great. <laughs> it was fun. I loved it. Emma, where can we find you on the social medias? Oh, goodness. So you can find me on Twitter at Emma, E-M-M-A, W-O-L-F-E-227. Um, I'm a spicy meatball. So those that's like my stream of consciousness is on Twitter. So enter at your own risk. Um, but I am also on Instagram. That's a lot of my cosplay. Uh, E-M-W-O-L-F-E-227. Um, again, most of my cosplay is on there. And um, I think Discord, I'm Emma Lou, hashtag 1377. Uh, if you want to be friends and chat with me, I am welcome to it. I have a number of other social media accounts too, but they are more it's, personal. So It's Emma Lou. Hashtag one three five five. One three five five. Okay, thank you. I was close, awesome. but yes. uh, yeah, no, those are like the three that I'm probably most commonly on. So when it gets to one three six zero, sell. But again, I, I I kind of have a bit of a spicy personality, so uh, talk to me at your own risk. I guess it's fun. It's fun. Jay, where can we find you? Well, you all know me. I'm on Twitter as at L-O-O-P-A-W-N, Lupon. I'm also on Instagram at Lupin.Sansay, L-U-P-I-N dot Sansay, S-A-N-S-E-I. Where else am I? I'm on Tumblr as Thieving Gentleman. I roleplay a lot on there. Enter at your own risk. It's nothing but text and pictures. <laughs> But uh, other than that, uh, I mean, you can catch me on Discord, but I don't give that up so willingly anymore. 
So you'll have to message me for it on one of those three uh, social medias. Oh, right. and I'm back. <laughs> yes. Welcome Our back. boy has returned. Chris, how about you? Where are you from? <clears throat> oh, I'm right here. Um, <laughs> let's see. I'm a. I'm on Twitter at Doctor Furball. D R F U R B A L L. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Amazing Chris Godby. Let's see. I'm also on Deviant Art as uh, Doctor Furball. I'm on Tumblr as Amazing Chris Godby, and I also am the author of a webcomic called Weird in the Can, yes. and that's at a weirdnacan dot the hyphen comic dot org and my comic also has a twitter account at weird can but you know, if if you look hard enough you'll probably find me pretty much everywhere and well you can find me on twitter at drew hunter 15 and uh, that's about it you can see me post about movies and lupon and yeah and yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, like the band yes <laughs> And you can find our podcast pretty much everywhere uh, on SoundCloud uh, at Lupin Pod, on Spotify as Cyburns and Cigarettes, a Lupin the Third podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, once again, as Cyburns and Cigarettes, a Lupin the Third podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at Lupin Pod. Lupin Pod. <laughs> We're all over the place now. Yes, we've expanded. <laughs> Complete global domination is in our grasp. <laughs> Look out in your backyard. Do you see that? That's Lupin Pod. <laughs> <laughs> She's dying. She's dead. When you, see, when you see Lupin Pod in your backyard, you're going to walk right to the window and go, Nanda. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rule of thirds right there. <laughs> oh my god. We have effectively murdered Emma. Don't tell me. Don't tell Pop. The thing is, I slept twice today. <laughs> I'm just tired. Oh, and on that note, <laughs> we're going to head on out. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> <laughs>